In verse 16 it says, If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I command you today by loving the Lord your God, by walking in His ways, by keeping His commandments and His statutes and His rules, then you shall live and multiply and the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you are entering to take possession of it. But if your heart turns away and you will not hear but are drawn away to worship other gods and serve them, I will declare to you today that you shall surely perish. You shall not live long in the land that you are going over the Jordan to enter and possess. Verse 19, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death. Say life and death. Blessing and curse. Say blessing and curse. Therefore, choose, choose, choose life that you and your offspring and your offspring may live. Loving the Lord your God, obeying His voice, holding fast to Him. For He is your life and length of days. That you may dwell in the land that the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob to give them. Proverbs 18. Turn to Proverbs 18, verse 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruits. Look at your neighbor and say, death and life are in your tongue. Come on now, look at your neighbor and say, death and life are in your tongue. And look at him and say, watch your mouth. Come on, like mama used to say it. You know how mama used to say it? Watch your mouth. Watch your mouth, right? So death and life are the power of tongue. It says, and those who love it will eat its fruits. In other words, if you love to spew out death, guess what? You're going to eat off that for a while. If you love to spew out life, you will feast on that for a while. And, and I believe it, it even ties in with Deuteronomy 30. And not only will you, but your kids will feast off that. And their kids will feast off that. Amen? Your tongue has power. That's what we're going to talk about today is the power of the tongue. Your tongue can build up and your tongue can tear down. The tongue has caused nations to rise and nations to collapse. It has brought peace and it has brought war. We talk about the news quite often about when they talk about peace talks. Or if there's a war, they have a declaration of war. It always starts with the mouth. Always starts with the tongue. But it's for building up or tearing down. Ephesians 4.29 says this. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths. You know what corrupting is? That's slanderous. That's just bleh. Does nobody no good. Gossip. It's just speaking nasty. Corrupt talk come out of your mouth. But only such as is good for good for building up as fits the occasion. That it may give grace to those who hear. You know, I noticed that where it says, as fits the occasion. And there's a couple things that I pulled away from that. Uh, as fits the occasion. There are times when you don't have to be part of a conversation. I've seen people that just see a conversation going on and somebody will walk up and just get right in the middle of it and just start talking. Sometimes God don't want you to talk. Sometimes God just wants you to listen. But there's also an as fits the occasion where 
It means not every moment is a moment to build up. Do you know that there are moments to tear down? There are moments that an honest tear down from a heart of truth and love is needed so that a proper buildup can take place. If we went out and we just took every building that was falling apart, we just put paint all over it, then we would have some pretty sorry buildings. Sometimes you have to go to that foundation. You have to tear that old building down and build something up that's better. But you can't build something up better until you tear something up. Tear it down first. Okay? So know this. Sometimes when somebody's speaking to you and it feels like they're tearing you down, that's for your good because then they're building you up. They want something built better there. Amen? Can I get amen in here? Anybody? Okay. The tongue can sharpen and it can dull people, those things around you. Speaking into people to make them better is sharpening them. We talk about iron sharpening iron. It's speaking into each other's life to improve each other, to make each other better. But there's ways to dull people also, and that is through flattery. As a young man, I was a young man who spoke a lot of flattery. And there's a reason why people speak flattery, and I'll tell you why. In the Bible, flattery is not speaking words to help strengthen someone for their own sake, but it's speaking words to deceive and cover up the motives of one speaking. I would speak flattery into people's life because I wanted them to think well of me. But the Bible says this, and I was taught this as a young man, that beware when all men think well of you. Beware when all men think well of you. So flattery is not, not good. Encouragement is the word you want to use. Don't get encouragement and flattery mixed up. The word encouragement, people think flattery is when you look at somebody and no matter what they're doing, you go, you're just so awesome. You're just so great. You're just so, you're just so good. And that may be the worst person in the world. You're basically lying to them because you want them to think well of you. But encouragement stems from the word courage. And when you encourage someone, what you're doing is, is you're speaking courage into their life. You are challenging them to rise up and face life. Face fear. Whatever it is they're facing, you're encouraging them to have courage. So encouragement is truth presented with good towards others, while flattery is a lie that seeks to use or mislead others. One of the greatest encouragers that I've ever met in my life is Gary Stewart. Anytime Gary Stewart comes to town and I have any conversation with him whatsoever, he is speaking encouragement. He doesn't speak flattery. He speaks the word of God. He says, you are a world changer. God wants to partner with you. God has a purpose for your life. You are more than a conqueror. It's not flattery. It's encouragement. Proverbs 28, 23. Whoever rebukes a man will afterward find more favor than he who flatters with his tongue. Listen to that one more time. Whoever rebukes a man will afterward find more favor than he who flatters with his tongue. Favor, the favor of the Lord. Proverbs 9, 8. Do not reprove a scoffer or a fool, for he will hate you. Reprove a wise man, and he will love you. He'll love you for speaking truth into his life. 
Your tongue can also declare truth or lies. We're going to be in Proverbs quite a bit, so if you've got your Bible, just hang out in there. Proverbs 6, Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16 through 19. There are six things that the Lord hates. What? The Lord hates something? Yeah, that's what it says. Six things the Lord hates, and it says, and seven that are an abomination to Him. An abomination. Verse 17, haughty eyes. Haughty eyes. You know what haughty eyes are? Someone's going to look over you like, you're a peasant, and I am so great. Reminds me of, who was the guy on Gilligan's Island? Mr. Howell. He was always, haughty eyes. A lying tongue. God hates a lying tongue and hands that shed innocent blood. A heart that devises wicked plans. Feet that make haste to run to evil. A false witness who breathes out lies. Wait a minute. He just said a lying tongue. Now he's saying a false witness who breathes out lies. God hates it twice as much. Lying. And the last one, number seven. One who sows discord among the brothers. That's a whole nother message right there. Whole nother message. But many people are living a life of lies. Some people have lied to themselves so much they believe it. They believe in the lie. And that's why as, as brothers and sisters, as friends, as a friendship, a true friend, we need to be able to speak truth into each other's life. Proverbs 27, 5 through 6 says this, Better is open rebuke than hidden love. What does that mean? It would be better that you spoke truth into somebody's life, even though it was going to wound them and hurt them a little bit, than you would just go, I just love you. I just love you. I love you. Verse 6, Faithful are the wounds of a friend. How many of you know when people tell you the truth, sometimes it stings? Yeah, it stings. It's like a wound. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Perfuse, which means many, are the kisses of an enemy. The kisses of an enemy. Nothing more loving. There's nothing more loving than someone that will speak truth into your life. It shows that they love you. It shows that they care about you. It shows that they want something better for your life. When they speak truth into your life. 1 John 3.18 says this. Little children. Say little children. Little children. Let us not love in word or talk. But in deed and in truth. If you're not showing love in action. And you're not being love in truth to people. And all you just do is just talk it. Talk the talk. But don't walk the walk. It's not good. And, and, and let me say this, I'm just be a little humorous here. Sometimes when something is true, it doesn't necessarily mean that you need to say it. For instance, ugly kids. If you go, if somebody comes to your house and you show them a picture of your kid and they look and go, that is the most beautiful picture frame I've ever seen in my life. 
They're trying to be very kind to you. If your kid looks like Chucky, like a Chucky doll, and, and they look at your kid and they go, he looks like he could be a movie star. That might be what they mean. In the South, we've got a little bit better. We look, we look at a kid, somebody says, this is my kid. You go, Bless your heart. You look like your daddy. Look at those shoes. Those are some nice shoes. That's why I cried the first six months of Rachel being born. Because everybody says she looked like her daddy. I was like, Jesus, help this poor child, Lord. Help her, Jesus. He did. He made her look like her mama, so that's all good. But your tongue can declare a blessing or a curse also. Which can impact others for the good or for the bad. What do you speak over your kids? What are you speaking over your children? Some of y'all don't speak blessings or curses. You just cuss. You just cuss your kids. What are you speaking over your kids? You're an idiot. You're a moron. You're stupid. You'll never amount to anything. Acting like your mama. What are we speaking over our children? What are we speaking over our spouses? Maybe you might not say nothing directly to your spouse that's a curse, but are you talking to other people about your spouse in a curse? Are you talking to other people and saying, you know, I love him, but I just can't stand when he does this, or I don't like this, or I'm about tired of putting up with his whatever. Men, same way. I love that woman, but instead of directly speaking with our spouse to Build them up. What are we speaking over our friends? What are we speaking over our co-workers? What are we speaking over our brothers and sisters in the church? What are we speaking over our pastors? And let me say this too. Sometimes it's not necessarily you speaking, but sometimes you can just be listening to somebody else speak about it. Somebody's talking bad about your pastor or somebody in your church, and all you're doing is going, then you have agreed. If you don't say anything, you have agreed. But if you look and say, nope, stop. Don't talk about them in front of me. If you have a problem with them, you go to them. That's what Matthew 18 says, right? That's what it says. But we don't like to do that. Do you know what gossip is? Gossip is when you talk with somebody about a problem with somebody and neither one of you are part of the solution. You just yang in about somebody. Gossip. Mildred, is there anybody named Mildred in here? Let's make sure before I start into this story. Mildred, no Mildreds? Okay. If you are Mildred in here, this is not meant to offend you. I'm not talking about you, okay? I had to pick a name here. Mildred, the church gossip and self-appointed arbiter of the church's morals, kept sticking her nose in other members' private lives. Church members were unappreciative of her activities, but feared her enough to maintain their silence around her. She made a mistake, however, when she accused George, a new member of the church, 
of being an alcoholic after she saw his pickup truck parked in front of the town's only liquor store parking lot one afternoon. She commented to George and many other people in the church that everyone seeing his truck there, they would know what he is doing. George, a man of few words, stared at her for a moment and just walked away. He didn't explain, he didn't defend, he didn't deny, he just said nothing. But later that evening, George got in his pickup truck and drove it and parked it in front of Mildred's house and left it there all night long. What you going to do now, Mildred? It's me again, Margaret. You know that one, yeah. We have to be careful of what we say and what we assume and talk about people. You got to be careful about that. Proverbs 16, 28 says this, A dishonest man spreads strife, and a whisperer separates close friends. Mm. Proverbs 20, 19 Whoever goes about slandering reveals secrets. Therefore, do not associate with a simple babbler. Just don't even associate with them. A simple babbler. And it's sad how many Christians will talk about other people, but they won't even take time to pray for them. They won't even take time to go to them and pour into them. Why is that? Because we are a society that does not like confrontation. We don't like it. I, I, I've always not liked confrontation, but confrontation is a must. Do you know what confronting confrontation is? Confronting is? It's when you get face-to-face -face with someone about an issue. That's what it is. It's when you're face-to-face -face with someone. The problem is, is that we don't want to get face-to-face -face with people these days. We don't want to be face-to-face -face with people. What's, what's one of the big things that people say nowadays? They say, don't call me, text me. I don't, I don't have time to talk to you on the phone. Just text me. Why? We don't want to get face-to-face -face with people. We'll go, we'll go ask people to load our groceries in our car. We'll go shop that. And don't be offended if I'm talking to you about this. But I'm, I'm telling you there's a misguided thing that's happening here is where it's pulling us away from society. Face-to-face -face interaction it's pulling us away from it. And what that does is it takes away the ability for you to witness or speak into anyone's life or them to speak into your life. Can you see what I'm talking about? If we don't have face-to-face -face interaction and all we do is text, email, or social media, and that's all we do, and we stay out of, away from everybody, then what we've done is we have pulled away opportunities to minister. We have pulled away opportunities to do exactly what Jesus said, to go and to make disciples. And that's what's happening. And what's bad is people's tongues have now become their fingertips. On social media, people just type away about somebody. And the thing is, a lot of times they're very vague about it. Might as well call it vague book. Because you won't know who they're talking about. I have this issue with someone. They did this to me and that to me. Who was it? Your spouse? Your kid? Your milkman? I don't know who you're talking about. What's going on? And then assumptions start happening. And Who are they talking about? What do they mean? It's craziness. 
And that's what the enemy is doing to destroy relationships these days. You can say, well, I don't say nothing bad, but do you? Okay. It's quiet this morning. Your tongue can not only impact others, but your tongue can impact you. I'm such an idiot. I'm so stupid. I'm never going to have this in my life. I'm horrible. I hate myself. Some of y'all say that to yourselves every day. Every day. How many of you said things bad about yourself? You talk to yourself. Come on, raise your hand. Don't be, don't be scared. The whole church earlier, first service, raise your hand. How many of y'all said things bad about yourself? Hold your hand up so everybody can see here. Let's look. Let's look. Okay, I got two words for you this morning. Ready? Stop it! Stop it! There's a, there's, a, there's a worship song out that says, I am all he says I am. I like those affirmations that Gary Stewart gives. I am more than a conqueror. I'm a world changer. I am partnering with God. God has a plan for me. Hey, sometimes you got, it might sound insane, but sometimes you got to get in the mirror and look at yourself and say, doggone, son, don't you know who you are? You were made in the likeness of God. You were made with a purpose. You were made with a plan. God's got a purpose for each and every one of you in here. Every one of you in here. I wish I could look at every one of y'all. God's got a purpose for every one of you in here. Every one of you. But we talk ourselves out of that purpose so many times. Speak life into yourself. Speak the word of God. And I'm not, listen, I'm not talking about positive and negative and, you know, the aura around you. I'm not into that new energy, new wave mess. I'm talking about the Word of God. Speaking the Word of God into your life. Okay? Words, the words you have, your tongue, has a lot of power over your life and the life of others. And it's just a little muscle in your mouth. Is all it is. A little muscle in your mouth. It's powerful. James 3. James chapter 3. Right after the book of Hebrews. James 3 says this. If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Has anybody ever bridled a horse here before? Anybody? Raise your hands. Bridled a horse. Have any of you ever bridled a horse that was wild? A wild horse. Now let me ask you something. When you put that bridle in their mouth, that bit in their mouth for the first time, do they automatically do what you want them to do? They, they kick and buck and all kind of, they thrash, don't they? They don't like it. It's unnatural to them. But once they get it in there and once it gets on them, then ultimately you will be able to guide them where you want them to go. Also, verse 4, look at the ships also. Though they are so large and they are driven by strong winds. Is anybody in here driven by strong winds? The winds of the world? Driven by strong winds. They are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. 
How great is a forest, a forest is that is set ablaze by such a small fire. The tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. How many of you have been watching the news in California, the wildfires that are going on right now? Anybody watching that? You know, they call that right now, they're calling it the holy fire. I don't think they know what a holy fire is. But this fire has, has really gotten out of control a lot, and it's, it has destroyed quite a bit of acres in California. But what's really, and I have, I have friends in California over there, and I've been checking on them this week and praying for them, and, and I've been finding out that they're not really being affected by the fire and destroying anything, but they're saying over half of California is covered in smoke and ash. So the effects of that fire have affected so much more just by the smoke and ash. Can I tell you something? You may be just starting a fire with three or four people in the church, but it will affect the whole body. It will affect everyone around you in the church. And you might think nobody knows. Oh, honey, they could smell the smoke. They could see the ash. They might not be burning up where you are, but they can smell it and they can see it. They know it's going on. It's quite evident in a lot of ways, a lot of times. You might think nobody's involved in my fire, but they could see the smoke. They could smell the smoke. It's there. Verse 7, for every kind of beast and bird of reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no human can tame, no human being can tame the tongue. I can't control your tongue. You can't control my tongue. Now you can tell somebody to shut up, but eventually they're going to open up their mouth and whatever comes out of their mouth is what they control. Right? You with the Lord's help, can control your tongue. Me, with the Lord's help, can control my tongue. But nobody else can control it for you. It's up to you with the help of the Lord. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. Verse 9. With it, we bless the Lord our God, our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse people who are made in His likeness, the likeness of God. I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice, but I can't stand Joe, he's a worthless scum. Take joy, my king, in what you hear, but Joe is such a pain in my ear. Is that what we do? Do we, we worship God with our lips and then run down our brothers? The Bible says this. How can we say that we love God whom we have not seen and say that we hate our brother whom we have seen? How can we? From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not be so. Look at your neighbor and say, it ought not be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening, both fresh and salt water? Nope. 
Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives? Nope. Can a grapevine produce figs? Nope. Can a salt pond yield fresh water? No. James 1.26, listen to this. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Let me read that one more time. If anyone thinks he is religious or righteous, good Christian, and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. So, Brother William, you, you've told us all the problems that we know. We, we've heard you. We, we know I, I have this issue in this direction or whatever it is or multiple issues you've talked about with my tongue and what I say and who I've talked to or just who I've listened to and what I've agreed with. But what do I do about it? How do we start to control our tongue? What's the answer to our problem? Well, I think we need to look at the root of the problem. If you have a problem, don't you want to go to the root of it, right? Go to the root of the problem. Matthew 15, 18. Matthew 15, 18. But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart. And this defiles a person. Let me read it one more time. But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart. And this defiles a person. It's not a tongue thing. It's a heart thing. It's a heart thing. Our mouths reveal our hearts. If you fill your life, listen, if you fill your life with the garbage of the world and your heart gets full of the garbage of the world, guess what's going to come out of your mouth? Garbage of the world. It's like the old computer term, garbage in, garbage out. If wicked people, if you surround yourself with wicked people and they feed into your heart, you will begin to talk wicked. If all you do is complain, then you have an ungrateful heart. If all you do is backbite, slander, and gossip, you have a bitter heart. If you spew hate and vision, you have a divisive heart. If you constantly lie, you have a deceiving heart. If you have a heart that speaks truth, the word of God, and love, you have a ministering heart. Besides James, one of the greatest books in the Bible written by David was Psalms. And David talked a lot about his mouth. He talked a lot in Psalms about his mouth because Psalms is actually songs that David wrote and sang to the Lord. It might have been when he was tending sheep. It may have been in front of a king. It may have been in his room when he played his harp. But he wrote these songs down. Psalms 141 verse 3 says this, Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. That's something we need to pray every day in our life. But I think one of the most, and I'm about to close, I think one of the most profound scriptures that David put in there regarding his mouth is this one, and it needs to be our prayer today. Psalms 19, 14. Let the words of my mouth 
and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Let me read that one more time. The, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart. What does meditation mean? It's what you think on. It's the thing, the thoughts that go into your heart. The way you think about things. How it gets into your heart. Let the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O oh Lord, my rock and my redeemer. The question today is, what is your heart meditated on daily? What are you feeding into your soul, into your spirit on a daily basis? Grandma used to say, if you lie down with dogs, you're going to smell like a dog, son. If you lie down with dogs, you're going to get fleas. Are you surrounding yourself with people that are breathing life into you? Are you feeding yourself things on a daily basis from TV and the internet and your phone and the people around you and all these kind of things and the things that you listen to and the things that you hear? Are you putting life into you? Are you putting death into you? Can I say to you today, choose life. Choose life. If you choose life, life will flow out of you. If you choose death, death will flow out of you. What is your heart meditated on daily? Is it things that are acceptable to God? Is it God stamped? Is it God approved? Is it the word of God approve it? I can't answer that for you personally. Only you can. I can only answer that for me personally. What I'm feeding myself daily by the word of God. And everything that flows into me, flows out of me. Whatever it is, whatever it is that we feed ourselves with daily, in our thoughts, in our mind, in our heart, by the word or not by the word, it will come out of our mouth. Bow your heads with me this morning. A lot of scripture this morning. A lot of things to think about this morning, but I'm sure the Holy Spirit is speaking this morning to many of us through the Word. What comes out of your mouth? Blessings, curses, life, death, build up, tear down, truth, lies, encouragement or flattery. What's coming out of your mouth on a daily basis? I promise you, whatever's come out of your mouth is what's in your heart. It's what's in your heart. Whatever the Holy Spirit is saying to you today, today you have an opportunity to respond. When we open up these altars, it's not a time to go, well, we're almost done. Pick up your purse, Mama. Let's get ready to go. It's a chance, an opportunity to respond to what the Holy Spirit is saying. To come to an altar and say, God, I, I see where this is. I want to respond to that. Today I repent, God. And I lay this at your feet. Change me. Change my heart. Change my tongue. Change my mind. I submit that to you today and I obey. Don't sit there or stand there today and say, I'll just take care of this in my own personal time later on. I'm going to tell you something. There's a good chance you won't. 
And you will stay the same just as you walked in here. You'll walk out. Listen, anytime we come in here, we should always walk out different. We should always walk out different. What's the Holy Spirit saying to you today?